he came to me and he's like, haha, your dad was just that. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, we're literally dining on the same table. He's like, yeah. What do you think your dad did with his bar and his guns? What do you think was going on? All right, everyone, here we are again. Uh, we're just getting this baby going. Um, I have my friend here, Malin, which apparently isn't even her real name. I just found out five <laughs> minutes ago, which not really understanding. Uh, but here we are with another story that she's going to get into and I actually really don't know too much about it. I know we spoke on the phone. We just chatted a little more. Uh, from my understanding, you've had several deaths throughout your life, and we're going to be focusing on two today, right? Correct. Um, yeah, and uh, these two deaths actually kind of saved my future, if uh, that's what I want to bring up today, actually. Okay, that's a, that's a hot start right there. Yeah. So go on, please. Let Very, us know where, wherever you want to start. It was very dark, uh, but I kind of it kind of helped me through life to like see the bright side out of everything, and um, yeah, I feel like as dark as it can be and as many death as you can go through was like there's always a bright side to it, and that actually helped me through like so much to okay, so who, see the other good stuff. So we started positive, saying it helped your future, then it went dark. Now we're back to positive, but so where yeah. does it start exactly? Tell us, tell us a little more about your background and then where the story gets going. So I was raised in France until I was about 23. So um, most of the stories happen in France, in my hometowns. And um, it started when I was about 16. I think I lived my first very uh, traumatizing death. Well, when I was 15, I was introduced to a group of friends and uh, we hit it off, kind of saw each other every weekend. And um, one of the guys kind of became my boyfriend at the time, you know, like just uh, a teenage boyfriend, I will say. Mm -hmm. um, one day we got into a fight and I left. So the fight was pretty bad. We had bad people around us it was a lot of drugs involved and a lot of party involved and uh, that was really a negative like space that we were into and um i don't know after the agitation of the night before i kind of left on bad terms with him and did not call and that was like a big hit for me because the last call i got was from someone that told me that he died actually I take that back. I got a call from the our girlfriend that introduced us. And she called me asking me, where is uh, Christopher? And if he was with me, if he came to meet me and stay with me. And uh, I said, no, I have completely no idea what's going on. And... Um, I think maybe I I have like I had like a bad intuition about it. Like maybe four hours later, she called me and she said we found him and he's dead. Okay. And I literally like I think it was like instantaneous that I threw up. Like wow. it was just it hit me so hard. You just couldn't believe it. I believed it, but I knew it was like. I knew the story was going to be crazy and bad. So, yeah. So you said earlier, you know, you guys are surrounded by quote unquote bad people. Uh-huh. Were they bad people in the sense that it was just, you know, uh, a druggy environment or was there something else that was making it a bad environment? It was a lot of like, his mom was super unstable. And as I hung out there, like I've literally witnessed her talking to her purse because she was so drunk, but Talking I, to her purse? She was literally talking to her purse hanging on the chair. The like, it was purse, just so bad. Did the purse say anything back? <laughs> or just left it there? I actually was looking at the purse to do something. <laughs> maybe something's wrong with you. I was like, oh my God, what is this, this person? I have something insightful maybe to say. Maybe I was high. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, um, so what, ha what happened to him? I know you, you I'm loaded questions here, but what, did, what happened to him? I had no answers for, I can't recall how long, but 
I'll say at least a few days. I was sick for a few days. I didn't have many answers. I can't really recall. I kind of put all this back in a black box that I really kind of like moved out of my right. brain. Um, so that's interesting because I've tried, as I knew I was coming here, I tried to like recall more things to like point the story like in line back and until I got a call to say that um when they found him he was hanging off a tree that was on the way where my friend at the time was my best friend that put us in touch where she lived it was like literally a little hunter cabin and apparently it was just hanging off of one of these trees wait wait hanging in so he killed himself so at first, we were told that he was hanging of the tree and that it looked like a suicide. That's what we were told at the beginning. And there's a butt coming. Yes, and it's crazy. Um, and that's why like, I've been really holding on to telling this story to a lot of people because I feel like maybe they think I, can, I made it up, but you can't make this shit up. Like, seriously, you cannot. And digging into the story, um, I found out that he was so sick and tired of seeing his mom in that state of being so, I, I don't know, that, that deprivation state. Like, I've heard later that she was actually um, working in the corner for his stepdad that oh. she was with. And that it was like a whole last year thing that I ever knew of. And... Um, that he was so sick and tired of seeing his mom like this that he walked up to his stepdad apartment and tried to fight him to save his mom. And he apparently got pushed down the stairs, which killed him. And as his neck broke, they decided to take the body, tie a HDMI cable or whatever it was at the time, and hang it off a tree. So it came out to the autopsy that it was it was dead for a week, but hanging for three days. Holy shit. And all this happened and all the details came and all this thing, like all everything started hitting me. And I was like barely 16 trying to like understand what all this meant. And it was just like, what am I into? Like, what was this? What did you do that first? What was going through your mind then? What was going through your mind the first week and thinking it was a suicide and then hearing that? I f the first week thinking it was a suicide, I felt so guilty that I didn't reach out to him to apologize for the fight we had. Right. And that was like... I, I cannot I can only use a, a curse word to say it, but like that really fucked me up. Because I was like, I can't believe I left and I would never see that person ever again on a fight. You know, like it was just hard for me to like digest the guilt as this at the same time as the messed up story that was around it. Right. I we we came across so many things and we actually sold big quantity. Like it was just bad. I was just in a bad environment. Wait, I'm sorry. You guys were selling. Yeah, like so... we were selling drugs. Oh, okay. Eventually, in like I've seen some really crazy quantity, and I was oh, only sixteen. I'm just curious of what, what were you selling? Cocaine, eventually heroin. I've seen some on the table. Uh, ecstasy, crazy quantity of ecstasy. Um, so early on, you said you, like had, that. you had an intuition, and even prior, like when that phone call first happened, you said you kind of knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, so just based on what was happening around you, you figured that was. It was yeah, that was based on that and knowing who his stepdad was. Yeah, so let's focus. What is that about? Because he, he tried covering it up, so clearly he has some is it experience with that. So I met his stepdad probably once or twice in the entire year we hung out and picture the seven-foot-tall, bald, Aryan-looking guy completely Russian and actually confirmed being from the Russian mafia. 
I, the time, I doubted it. So I kind of looked it up and it came up that, yeah, it was like a huge, like, like set of Russian mafia in that exact town. And it kind of really totally made sense when I actually went to the burial. When you went to the burial, well, leading up to the burial, um, this fight had nothing to do with, it was, it wasn't mafia really. That was just no, a fight between practicing his mom. It was just between us Did and like a couple kids that were just eventually waiting for their drugs or whatever, or like some payback or whatever thing. Wait, so it was payback, him getting killed? No, it was just like, it had nothing to do really with the guy. But I mean, now, uh, I don't think the drugs had anything to do with the Russian well, mafia. No, no, I'm, I'm saying his death when he got pushed down the stairs, that was just strictly related to him protecting his mom or was there some other issue going on? Well... I don't know. Okay. Because it was really between him and the stepdad at that point. Did he get away with it, the stepdad? Yes, 100%. So how do you know he pushed him down the stairs? Uh, it was the um, the autopsy report. That he fell down. They figured out he must have fell down the stairs. And because of where the stepdad was living and all these things tied together, it came out that it was, uh, you know, what it was. But also his mom talked and she never pressed charges on the stepdad because she was really uh scared and that will come up with like a few things that were told to me at the burial eventually yeah so going to the burial who'd you see there yeah his stepdad was there and making sure that nobody will cross a line how how so how do you mean he was, well, he, uh, he I, I don't know what type of arrangement he would have had with anyone, but it was kind of clear that he was making sure nobody will mention anything. Because, okay, so when I found out, I kind of started like in my own head relating things. And after like the suicide part was gone, it was like, okay, so that made sense. And then the mom started talking, and then she will remove whatever she said. Like, she will go to the police, say something, and then she will tell the police to remove it. And I don't know how he got away with it, but he did. And as far as I know, it's 100% sure that right. it exactly is what happened. And we've got proof of the report. Like I, at some point I got it emailed to me and I just never opened it and like deleted it. So then what, what happens now? Uh, so the report actually people read it and like had it. So like, you know, like I know what was in the report. I just didn't want it to read it cause it was just dark. So did you feel different now? Cause I know obviously the first week you thought it was a suicide. So leaving anyone on a bad note like that is going to mess with anyone. So I understand that. But now hearing that, that happened was there any release of that guilt in a sense even though you guys left on a bad note that's not yeah i i think uh knowing that it was some kind of like accident in disguise um i knew that he wasn't he wasn't in a place that i couldn't pick up you know because i i kind of i'm not bad at reading minds or whatever like reading body language or whatever I kind of saw this kid that really wanted to come out of it you know like he was really getting strong about coming out of it and I'm like how did I miss this like if it was a suicide it wouldn't make sense to me because I had a complete different vibe from that kid Mm -hmm. and so it really relieved me to know that it wasn't a suicide that it wasn't his choice that it wasn't he took it wasn't that he took his own life it was just an accident in disguise and that that helped me, but at the same time, that terrified me because I knew they were there still standing, the bad guys that were in the back. And um, and then they tell me the burial is uh, February 14th. And oh, I'm like, <laughs> and we proceeded to where, like, to the cemetery and they do the whole like put the bows down thing, whatever. And uh, as we walk out, I'm going to, um, you know, have a few words with the mom to just, uh, you know, how do you say? It? I forgot. Check when in on someone. Her? No, when someone dies, you say. Sorry. No, there's a word. 
Anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what <laughs> word you're trying to say. Whatever you said to her, I'm sure it was very sweet. No, it's like that exact <laughs> word. Okay. Um, no, I just I just go forward, and he was standing right behind her, and she takes my hand, and she said, "Careful, it happens fast." Careful, it happens fast. Yeah. And what does I've she mean by that? I've never got any idea. And he looked at me, and he was like this. He? Wait, wait, wait. The, the stepdad. Okay, right so she, behind he was her. right behind her. So she grabbed my hand. She said, basically, it was like the way she said it in French was like, be fucking careful. It happens fucking fast. Like, save your life out of here, pretty much. That's what I understood out of it. And he was right behind and he was like. So that goes back to you saying he was over there kind of making sure everyone stayed in line. Yeah, he was making sure of a lot of things Jeez. and i was terrified that's a real that's actually sounds like legitimate mafia yeah i was i was completely terrified so i actually got confirmations after that he made her take out her statement on however like she thought he died or whatever like whatever she knew so he made sure that he was clean that he was not gonna Jeez, go okay so that's how he got away with it so i don't know I mean, Probably, the only, yeah, most the only likely. witness, he could take care of the only, the only witness. Yeah, most likely that's what happened. So from what I heard, he stayed a few days in the trunk of a car before he got hung up or something. I don't know. Okay, so where are you it's at this like point? Crazy. What about you? Like, Me? Did, where am I at this point? No, not, not right now. I'm saying at this point, like, you just had that experience at the funeral. I'm saying at 16, 17, however old you are, how is this all sinking into you? It was bad. Do you just do you just not remember a lot of it? A lot of it kind of just blacked out in those no, moments. No, I remember it very clearly. I I ended up um, begging my friends to take me to some rave so I could get myself as high as I could get, and why was to be able to connect with them. It was just so stupid, but it made so much sense at the time. And you say connect to them because that's what he was doing? Yes. And also maybe because I'll be so high, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I guess it was like because he was doing it, I wanted to connect with his world or something. Mm -hmm. And I got so high. I, it was just so bad. Did but it make like, it worse? Did it make it better? Did you actually it feel made, like... It, it's hard to say if it made it worse or better. It kind of made me understand what he was taking. And I'm actually really glad I experienced that. And I did it for a few years, for maybe two years, and then I just stopped entirely. Like It was just more of an experimental thing that I was doing just to connect with him. So when you say connect with him, at one point, do you think that was, it wasn't a way of just numbing yourself to what you were feeling? Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was at some point. So after you came out of it two years later, did you did you feel anything in regards so, to? So I want to precise too. Like I didn't take like anything that you inject or that goes through the nose. I mostly like take took like acid and stuff like that. Like oh, I acceptable. just felt like I just felt like that was his favorite thing, and I wanted to explore why, and I wanted to understand like where it was coming from and how high you could get, but also got like crazy experiences with it when you can actually see yourself from a different place of your like instead of your body, you're like seeing yourself on the other side of the room, and so, it was like dope, but at the same time that was like super scary. Of course, yeah. If I saw myself like where you're sitting right now, I would not be cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So then, so then where, where did you get over it? Like, how did you get over it? It was hard. Honestly, it was really hard. I think I got upset for a while and I, there well, was really crazy bad stories about it though. Um, go ahead. And did you have any brush ups with the stepdad over as time goes no. on? Like, so you just never had, had... saw anybody from that family again until I saw two of his friends back because that's one of the reasons why I kind of saved my future beside that it took me off of the drug environment that was so accessible at the time. Um, it took you away from it? I thought it took you into it afterwards. No, it took me away from like being tied up to people that were selling so much like drugs. I could have right. went down with these guys if like something was happening. Like... I didn't even do anything, but who knows if like 
there is like you know whoever coming in there and like they see me with right. all the stuff i don't know like i get tied up to some stuff like i i drove I, like i was in cars that were delivering things or whatever like got it so did you have do you ever remembering mourning him or was just so was it the drugs no i was no i wasn't on drugs every day or anything it was just like weekend things to like you know, I kind of stay, I, I kind of kept myself on track with school. I was going to art school, so it was really cool for me. It was very interesting, but I really went down to that dark place of, like, trying to understand what really death is. And, like, it really helped me go through, like, another stage of, like, the arts. Because a lot of artists have, like, a lot of, like, a dark past or some stuff so like that. So what did you figure out about death? It's along the lines, but I ended up understanding that... You can't cry a certain way. I mean, some people will cry a certain way, and I feel like that just doesn't justify the situation. And that got me so upset. And I have, like, a thing that I can't... Wait, like, I'm not understanding that. So you're saying some people cry a certain way that doesn't justify the situation? What do you mean? So I remember, like, it was maybe three weeks or four weeks after all this happened, and I was waiting for the class to start. You know, I try to keep my mind. I try. I I'm like not a crier, not trying to cry when I'm in school, trying to stay focused. And I walk into this the the stairway to go to the class, and this girl is like completely sobbing. Like I'm like, oh my god! Like did someone something happen to your family or something? And she's like, no, I just got in a fight with my mom. I was like okay, girl, you need to tone it down because you <laughs> are not allowed to cry like this and to scare the shit out of me that just went through this for that. Like, I was just okay. like so upset, but that's like kind of like well, it sounds like At the same time, it, does sound, it sounds like you're comparing just the way some one person handles something comparatively to you. So if in, in your head, you saw it as like toughen up. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's how you seem to handle it, no? Like, um. And why? why, why Some phases. Why, how come you're saying? That. Why are you saying you're not allowed to cry, regardless of what the, she's crying about? I think she was being way over dramatic okay, for what that's happened, fair. That's fair. and I was, I was kind of like, you know, there is a big saying, and there's something that you said to at some point that's like, you can't, you, you don't know what people have been through, so right. you don't like. Sometimes you really have nothing to say because you don't know what they went through, and people handle things differently, and we all do. Um, but I felt like this girl really didn't know nothing about life or death and she really didn't. She was a, a classmate and I kind of knew her life and I was just like, so did you see it? That it, was messed up for me. I was, I felt insulted. Kinda, right. That's what I was going to say. It seemed like oh, you're crying about that and I'm not crying about the death of someone close to me like that. So you're kind of relating it. I, I don't know what it was, but I just remember feeling super insulted the way she handled it. And... I didn't put myself in, like, I'm better than her or anything like that. Like, if it, that's how it could come out, because that's really not, no, like, no, 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 no. where I was going. Um, no, I just felt like she was being overdramatic. And I'm like, girl, if she had felt any of what I felt, how would she handle it? <laughs> so, what that was, mean? so what does that mean to you? I don't know. I just felt, I just felt insulted, honestly, the way she handled like, it. You felt like she was insulting you? Ah, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's okay if that's true. I'm just asking. I'm trying to no, understand. No, no, no. I not. She was insulting me, but I was like frustrated. If she cried like this for that, what would she do in my place? So what? What, what makes? You, why were you thinking that? Is, my, is what I'm asking. I don't. Know, it just shocked me the way she was crying. I felt like I saw myself crying like this, and that's how. I was, like in my, like, okay, you can cry level one to level 10. And she was like a level 10. And I'm like, right. I was at a level 10 for like a level 10 problem. And you were like at a level one problem crying like a level 10. And that just didn't make sense to me. Like, that's why I was like, wow. So are you saying, did, did you say you did not cry a lot? Like, were you trying to, were you holding a lot in if you, or no? I think I cried a lot. Yeah, there's days like I really couldn't stop. Probably, Got there's it. days like I just, um, I just couldn't stop crying. Like it was, it was a very difficult time. 
and it, it was like so hard for all of us because not you just die but it was like that whole messed up story around it and then no, like the guy got away with it yeah there's a, there's a whole mix of i mean you're so young it's like yeah you're so young when it happened um you know you think he died one way and then all of a sudden you hear that he was potentially killed and uh you know there's this is a smorgasbord of feelings there that I, I would completely understand you feeling confused and it seemed like you had a real physical reaction too you're saying you're thrown up you were passing out yeah in a mix of crying so it's really interesting to hear how I your body it, just reacted yeah i think that was really hard on my body because I, I've never had such a traumatic experience before and it hit so young that I feel like I really went through hell with that experience. Like it really put me through hell. So what does that do to you growing up? Because what's the timeline between him passing and then next is you lost your dad, right? Yeah. And that was a four-year gap? It was about three and a half, four years, yeah. And I feel like... I, I heard someone saying that to grieve a person, it takes about five years. And I was waiting for five, for these five years to be over. And I really try to go like day by day and like feel better about it. And part of that one thing that made me feel better was to actually, um, I was told that in my family we were eventually able to like read tarot cards. And I was like, oh, great. That's a good way to eventually um, prevent or look into the future or the past or whatever, like, you know, that kind of intrigued me because I was like, am I afraid of death at that point? So I started doing this tarot thing and I started thinking as kind of a 16-year-old think it's kind of a joke, you know, even if it's not. And I started doing it, doing it, doing it. And it pulled out so many true things. I was kind of amazed by it. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if it's me or if Wait, I... so you're doing these tarot cards with your with who? Your family? Friends, family, to myself, and I kept a log of it. So my to to put this, like my mom and my dad are not together. My dad is living on the other side of the globe, uh, in at that time was uh maybe Africa. I think at that time was like Africa. It was the hell in between he doing in Africa. My dad was doing like safaris for like wealthy people. He was he will buy like um, acres of land like in Argentina than he did in Africa. He never really lived in France or Italy. He will it will be always like okay out of the country. Um, I think my mom got a call on like July thirteenth or July fourteenth. She got a call and in France it's like a day we celebrate Independence. It's Independence Day pretty much. Mm. And um, we proceed to going to see the fireworks and all that stuff, right? And in the morning, I wake up and I have a whole letter saying that my dad passed away. I kind of cry, but at the same time, felt kind of dry. What is it, emotionless, you're saying? Yeah, I felt kind of like, is this real? Is this like, I couldn't cry the same way I cried for my friend. Why do you think that? I don't know. I feel like it was so traumatic and it had so much power what happened with my friend that it didn't feel the same. I feel like the second time just didn't feel the same and it didn't hit me too hard. It really didn't. But then I started thinking, oh, that's so weird, like the tarot card, blah, blah, blah. And then I learned that... um he died while driving his car. Huh. And so that's like the traveling portion. So he was driving back from Durban and going back to Mozambique. And it was like two in the morning and he got hit by a, by a semi-truck. Semi-truck. At two in the morning. So it's like really rare for it to be driven on that road that early or late. And... So he was doing deals and that involved apparently a lot of money and cash money, things like that. And literally like the truck went in his lane and crashed directly frontal with him. And my dad's head was like completely like, I don't know how far away from the car. Oh, so yeah, it was pretty rough. And they said the only way they actually identified my dad was because of the name on the car, nobody knows if it was even my dad because how bad it was. 
Wait, so, uh, you talked about these deals. I just kind of, <laughs> kind of just threw that out there out of nowhere. What's going on with that? You're saying that the truck intentionally drove into them? So there were uh, investigation on it, and we never heard of it. But I, I, I was refused the DNA tests. You refused a DNA test. I was refused the DNA test. So I wanted to take it, but they didn't let me. I was refused to identify my dad too. Really? Yeah. So, so what does that mean? What are you What are you gathering from this? I I say it could be anybody in that car. You don't think it was your dad? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, but it also could be anybody. You have to paint the picture a little more here. So crazy. <laughs> What does that mean? What was he tied into? Why would this happen? Um, I mean, he owned. It's it's hard to like really. I have to go far back. So growing up, it was I grew up a lot of like around a lot of guns. My dad owning a bar, carrying a gun all the time. That really wasn't a thing in France. You know, uh, we it's not really legal to have guns in France and. But he was a hunter, and he knew a lot of people. My dad being Italian, he had cousins, he had a lot of big family. Um, he he owned the bar, got stories at the bar. Um, you know, there, there were a lot going on growing up. And I never actually, my mom never actually told me what they really split up beside the obvious. And Wait, what's the obvious? Like, they just didn't get along and okay. whatever. Like, they were supposed to get married, but it didn't happen, whatever. Okay. Um, There were stories, like, growing up. It was, like, one time, I know, like, in the middle of the night, probably, like, I don't know. My mom said it was, like, five guns. I recall being at least 12 guns, but, like, they someone came and stole it, whatever. Like, there were, there were like, stories. And I don't know, there was some shady stuff, like him going to countries to countries all the time, changing countries. He was like in civil wars, like always like weird things going on around it. Wait, wait, what about the civil wars? He was in them? Apparently he was like in rep like Central African Republic and some stuff happened, whatever. He was like hiding behind a table for like five days or something. Like I don't know. My dad always had crazy stories. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get so in there. Okay, we have to. Uh, <laughs> let's bring it back a little bit because I'm not following so far. So what, much. So what was your dad involved in? I don't know. My mom is like in complete denial from it. It's so weird. Like she told me she'll never tell me where they actually really split up. Like there was some big secret in there, and I cannot have her spit it out. And she's like, no, he's not in any mafia. He's not in anything. Like, your dad was, like, scared of it. I'm like, this is just insane. Anyways, um, yeah, that kind of, like, could my dad have been running away from something and, like, faked to death? Possibly. I don't know. I mean... He seemed involved in so many things. I was just like, so I don't today know. it's really just kind of a big question mark. I mean, I'm sure it's like I'm I'm sure he really died. Like ten years later, he could have reached out if he didn't. So, I don't know. So what do you think about that? That's kind of, it's, I can't <laughs> imagine. That's so hard. Weird. That's hard. If you if you have any inclination, I, I can't. even... I've looked it up many times. What have you looked up? Like death record or like. Trying to find things on the internet. I don't have know. Any clue? A, have you found nothing? Nothing. I don't even know where to look. I don't even know where I would look. I know if I had to travel, I know which country I'll go because that's like my first guess where like things could have been. But at the same time, I'm like, come on, just like, okay, he died and just deal with it. So do you think he's still alive? I don't know. I, Deep down. I think he died. I think he died, but I think there's a small possibility that he could have just like why would me and my two brothers be refused a dna test and identifying my dad yeah what is that so supposedly it's because he was transported from africa to france and directly cremated but like when i really reached out to like request that because i was like literally like ready to like go to the morgue open the sheet and say, yes, that's my dad. Like, I was literally stay, like, my mind was ready. I was ready. I had, like, you know, I was, like, kind of ballsy like that at that point. Like, young and fearless after everything that happened before. I was like, I need to know it's him. 
And did you show up, or is it over the phone? They said, "What did they no, tell you?" No, nobody let us go. They just. Did they it give was you like a you know, it was like in a town that was like about two hours away, where the like, I think I recall being like um, some type of like police section out of the airport where they actually get the bodies, identify the bodies, and then move on to like send it to the families and or the crematorium or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, we're like completely. So like, you go straight to the cre- the get cremated. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Did they give you the ashes. Yeah. They just said sorry. I don't understand. What did they tell you? What was the reasoning for why they said you couldn't identify him? I don't know. I have no idea at that point. What was the reasons? I'm sorry. That's that's, that's, that's crazy. really hard. That's 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 remarkable. So that's the the another point that I was that I wanted to bring up here, like maybe to help people think about like, be I I don't know like about how the reactions are like. The day we had the funerals, it was a ton of people. Like so many people knew my dad, and he was a good guy. Like he was a cool guy that everybody knew, everybody loved. Like he was always full of joke. Like he always loved life and stuff. And people will come to me and hug me and cry on my shoulder, and I was like, like they were telling me, like I'm so sorry, it must be blah blah blah, and assuming that I was like. I don't know, like maybe how I was with the first death. And I was not. And it actually them coming to me and saying all these things to me actually is what made me cry versus my original state of mind being there. Mm. That was just like so weird for me. Like, why do you think you, why do you, do you have any uh, idea as to why you maybe you felt like that? Or didn't feel why like that. I felt like uh, not just crying? Like, not even just doesn't have to be crying. Just maybe less emotional about it comparatively. Do you think there was a reason for that? The first death was so rough that I feel like it really put me dry. And when you say put you dry. Do you think you built up um, some sort of defense mechanism or something? No, like, like maybe more numb type of feeling. Like uh, I couldn't feel anymore emotions type of thing like i i acknowledged it i was aware of it i just couldn't get in the place i was maybe because it was so painful to be there yeah and that kind of protected my body to be there again i wonder yeah i I can relate to you in a sense that i mean your story is completely different than anything i've been through so i cannot relate to so many things but in regards to blocking Mm -hmm. and just even not for me and not remembering things. I, I can't even think that I like intentionally don't remember things, but I don't know if that's just our body kind of going into fight or flight mode and you're kind of just like, it's a defense mechanism. So I'm trying to figure out uh, maybe, maybe you would know better than I, like, did you have time to mourn the first death? Like I obviously was, or it was just so traumatic that, you know, you just continued on. Cause you're tough. You seem like a very tough girl. Like, you know what I mean? You, you take the bull by the horns did you talk to anyone? Did you have any conversations about what you experienced with your the first death you experienced or even your father? Did you talk to anyone about it or you just kind of solo? My father didn't really know because he was so busy with his companies out of the world or whatever. Uh, so he, he kind of knew, but he didn't really get there. He got married in the meantime and I was at their wedding and stuff like that. Um, or your mom or your sibling? Did you talk to anyone about... Just, just I, I saying, did just talk. talk to my mom, but I kind of remember being a little weirdish because I couldn't tell her as much as it really was because I knew she would freak the heck out because mm. of the drugs, because of the mafia, because of, you know, all these things that involved. Like, I think being involved and being aware of it at such a young age, people really think you're lying. Right. So you kept and it in? Did I, you keep it in? Yeah, I kept a lot in. Not all of it, but I kept a lot in. And my mom was busy. It was like redoing her life, like with her boyfriend and like trying to buy a house and all this stuff. And I think for two, a year and a half, two years, I was not home one weekend. And how old are you at this point? 16. Okay, so this is still right when it happened. Yeah, like it was the following, like in the next six months, I moved, I moved into this house and I had my own section. And um, I think 
I don't know if it was to forget about it or to numb the whole thing or like get my mind busy with all that stuff. Like I was literally not on one weekend. There was not one weekend where I was not partying. So what was your relationship with your dad then? Because I know you said you, you said good things about him, but did you have a prior yeah. prior to him dying, were you guys not communicating? Yeah, we were communicating. I was supposed to go visit him in Africa and um it didn't work out because he switched his his business from Argentina to Africa and like with all this stuff in the middle. And it didn't really feel so safe for me to go at that moment. And it didn't make me feel as comfortable as I wanted to. So I kind of like dropped it. So the thing was like, my mom was not telling me too much about my dad, but then his family was telling me about it. Like from what I've known, he had so the partner, the cousin. Right. What, tell us about what's the, this is new. What's the partner and the cousin? The, so the 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 cousin who was the partner in this uh, few businesses is uh, who I think was more related to the mafia. Why? Um, Why do you say that? I don't know. It's because I feel like every time that things were brought up, he was more of the person that it was tied to. What do you mean? So I didn't follow there. Sorry. Um, kind of like my my dad was like kind of his right arm type of thing. Okay. Like they were cousins, but I feel like he, the cousin, was more tied up than my dad was. And why do you say I think? Like, what what gave you this reason to think that? Have you seen anything? Have you been told anything? So. If you're allowed to say anything, I don't want to push the limits here. I don't. I've I've not been told anything about him, but like it's like little things throughout my life and seeing my dad and seeing them that kind of brought that. Is you any, know, does like anything stand out? Like two years ago, I went to my cousin's wedding, and I would not say who. Yeah, please, you'll leave names out. I would not say who, but a man that actually works for the French, uh, how would you say, kind of like the CIA services. I don't know his exact position. Um, he came to me and he's like, haha, your dad was just that. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, we're literally dining on the same table. And he's like, yeah. What do you think your dad did with his bar and his guns? What do you think was going on? And I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, what are you talking about? And it's like, you need to know your dad was like some really good man. And he did really good stuff. But he was also a part of that. And I was like, what? Wow. And this guy has a family member that's... Yeah. He knew my dad since like... So he knew my... This guy knew my mom before my dad. But like, so he knew my dad since day one, but I guess because of his job, he probably like, I don't know, like, I have no idea. Yeah, so, it literally came out of the blue. So all, all, more realizations about maybe your dad's background was more after than when it happened. Yeah. Was, you know, it was more after he died that these, these things started coming up and you're understanding that maybe he had ties to... Yeah, because of the way he died, because of what he left behind, because of all his... Like, it's a lot of questions. There's like safe with guns in that place that nobody can touch. There's safe with guns in that place. There is money in offshore's account. There's this. There's that. And I was just like, what is May this? May I ask which mafia? Which are we talking I've, about? Probably Italian, most likely. But I don't know if there is any like names or grades yeah. or whatever. Like I've tried to look it up and I can't find anything. So I don't know. Have you ever thought of talking to people in, like you know around your family tree or? dad's friends and started working your way that way just to find out what the fuck happened no i have not tried um i mean maybe you shouldn't i don't know i'm not, I'm not trying to push the edge here i'm just I, i've I just, been really curious about it i've been wanting to dig into it i actually had like literally a mobster family page open on my phone just to like try to do some digging but i can't it's i think it's just hard because i'm not in france anymore and when I go there, it's really it may be be my next move when I go back. But well, how are you? Because there's so many uncertainties, and it seems like I mean, as certain as it is, your dad's not with you anymore. So that's 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 a fact, and that's that's hard. 
you, I mean, regardless of how you handled it then, how do you feel about it now? Like, where's your head with all this now? How do you, how are you taking it? Are you still, do you feel unsatisfied? Do you feel no closure? Do you, what do you feel? I feel like I'm just taking in what was told to me that it was my dad and that he died and that I just leave it alone and maybe I can just do some like investigation for fun and like whatever I find is fine or not. But do you find that just, is it, do you feel it, it's necessary or are you good just as it is? I'm good as it is. Good. I think uh, it will just be out of curiosity if I have some time in my hands to think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not something that I will be dedicated to it. I just feel like the fun fact to discover like two years ago that my dad was in this was like fun to me because I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense for all this stuff, you know. Like, yeah, if anything, that's a little bit of an answer there. That kind of Yeah, so it was kind of fun to hear that out and be like, okay, well, I guess uh, that explained a lot and like all these things, but... I've came, it's like, it's been 10 years my dad passed and probably like a year or two ago, I came to the realization because I think when I had my kid two years ago, I came to the realization like, I didn't feel much for my dad's death, but now I do. Why? Because I feel like after the birth of my kid, I became a woman and I became someone that, okay, is not a teenager anymore and maybe I'm gonna get married and who's gonna walk me down the aisle right and that was like hit me hard so I feel like I eventually the two years from now I think more about my dad than I did like 10 years like eight years before wow so weird so have you felt the last two years have you, fe you felt it more over the last two years just or just I thought felt about more it? like you know if my dad was here would he be proud what would he do like would he help me would it like it will be like he'll see my kid you know like if I was to get married he could walk me down the aisle who's gonna do that and I was like running all this thought and I'm like what where where does it feel right like who would do that for him you know like I don't know like would it be my brother like just feels weird. Like I, I just never thought of that before when I was younger. It's interesting how that happens, huh? So weird. It's like I, eventually everything is like a ticking bomb. Like if you don't feel something at some point, just feel it later. I don't know. Yeah, no, and that's that's the hard part. Eventually, it comes out. Comes around. And it's just sure. gotta be careful of. Not you. I'm saying. I'm saying people. We all need to be careful of that because the more we suppress things, it's not. It's not good. It's no. Not, it's not a good thing. So. Um, you know, I've tried to get better at that, but it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm just telling you, it's, it's okay to feel. I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist. It's a dude from Jersey. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but at the same time, like, you know, it's okay to feel. And it's, it's interesting to hear your take on it because going backwards of you mentioning, you know, you, you did, it's from what you're telling me, and please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you've compared the way you've handled things to other people. And it's very easy to do. And I understand that because like, yeah. you, like you, you take things one way. At the end of the day, we're all individual. We all handle and receive and take information differently. And that's something I've learned too. It's everyone's different. Everyone handles everything differently, yeah. everything differently, no matter how similar you are. So I wonder like, you know, when you see someone else letting it out so easy, does that make you think that's what you truly want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Do you ever think about that? You ever think that when you see someone else letting it out and you're not letting it out because maybe you're quote unquote tougher than them, but there's also nothing wrong with letting things out. So it's like the fact that you haven't let things out and you're seeing other people let things out might irritate you. I could understand that because maybe you haven't. Yeah. Just got to know it's okay to let it out somehow. If it do, and if you don't, you don't. But as long as you, as long as you feel good, only you know that. Yeah, I just feel like you might relate to that. But like some people didn't lose any members of their family, any friends or anything. So they don't know what it is. So I feel like they over-dramatize little things in life that are just so ridiculous to me to be so emphasized. Like Right. But let me ask they, let me ask you before you go on, I apologize for cutting you off. No problem. What does it matter what they're going through? Why, 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 are you, why are you thinking about what they're going through and how they're handling it more than how you're handling it? Why are you comparing it? I don't know why I'm comparing it. I just feel like um, I have, maybe it's more like on a deeper level, like mm -hmm. I have a deeper understanding of people that have been, I connect more with people that have been through what I've been through because 
eventually you see that in everyday's life we are more appreciative to be here to enjoy every second to not go over like to to not get mad at little things to not like I feel it's really more on an everyday basis because we went through that we know how precious life is and how we need to enjoy every second we have of it and not complain about every tiny little thing that happens around us like right yeah everybody has a million little things happening and so many of them are upsetting does it need to be over acknowledged and overreacted to maybe not necessarily and the people that didn't go through what we've went through i feel they just don't have and that's good for them and i'm happy for them like i would love to have multiple generations of people in my house uh it's just not gonna happen for me and i feel like this is great for these people but they just see life differently as as we do right i mean people yeah it's, whose fault is that you know what i mean it's just the, it's no the cards that they're dealt for sure so do you find you feel you feel resentful no so why are you comparing it? Why are you thinking about that so much? At this time, it's like you know what? Focus on you. Why? Why can we focus on other people? I think it's because. Um, why does it irritate you? Because they get irritated for small stuff that they shouldn't be irritated to. Right? Is it a sense that they're not appreciating certain things, or is it some reflection on something else? Yeah, I else? think it's just because they're they feel more entitled to say things and less um, less appreciative of life. Like, you know, like we are appreciative of life and we're appreciative to be here and to be healthy and they're appreciate they're not appreciative of having like the last cell phone or whatever. Like it comes to like my materialistism. But that's the uh it, it's just because they have a liver a different like level to gauge on, like they didn't go through all these emotions we went through so they can't gauge the same as we do if that makes sense for sure but at the end of the day everyone's got a different perspective exactly even someone might react to something that you seem trivial but we don't know what's behind there we don't know there's something i mean yeah there's a lot of people that do in my opinion overreact but then again I think I immediately naturally think that. And then part is like, you know what? I don't know what the hell they're going through. I, I don't that, know. That's what I'm saying. That You said like uh, a little while ago, like, yeah, maybe we see it this way, but we don't know what they went through. So I kind of remind my, myself that all the time. Like, okay, maybe we don't know what they went through. So yeah. maybe they... At the end of the day, we just got Everybody do, can do whatever they want. Exactly. Not. We got to do us. So let's not let other person's actions so much affect us. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard. I get that. Sometimes well, it's... it's hard. Yeah, it's just not everybody. It's just like that one or two person yeah. that actually really caught my attention. Um, I don't know where how far we're in the in the time time was, but um, I don't have a countdown. But you know, <laughs> I, I think we uh, covered a lot right now, so I'm curious to see how you how how you are today. I um, I think I'm ready for for none of that anymore. You know, like for just something super peaceful. Like, I'm so you're not, still waiting for something peaceful? I'm just waiting to not... I, I, I actually live in fear somehow. Of what? Something like this happen again? Like, I don't know how I'll handle it. I, I don't know if I will be numb or if it will just be worse. I don't know. It's crazy. Is that how you felt it? It's, it's the first... Since you're a friend, and that's why you think you handled your dad like that. It's just because you're preparing. You know, it almost seems like you're preparing for something that hasn't happened. And at the end of the day, that's kind of that's more or less what fear is. We're fearful of something that hasn't happened. So yeah, you know, you you got to find it within yourself. I think becoming a mother kind of put that extra anxiety. Like it's so crazy like i've had like some some crazy anxiety going on but it's like it's funny because i didn't even know the word anxiety was actually referring to what i was experiencing i really had didn't connect that because i'm really hard on myself and i don't put myself in like 
oh, you're having this, or you're having that, or you're posting about your dad, and you get people's sympathy, or, like, I'm really, like, a little shell, and, like, I keep to myself, and, like, I didn't even know the word anxiety until, like, I saw a post on Facebook about postpartum anxiety, and I was like, oh, actually, that, like... <laughs> that's kind of what I feel. <laughs> that's maybe what's going on over here, you know? You ever and think I'm about like, breaking oh, the shell? What? You ever think about breaking the shell? I'm breaking it now, kind of. There we like, go. There we you go. Know? If, it, if like, it feels good, but you know, I, I don't listen. I'm not. I'm in no position. I'm not trying to give advice. I'm, like, I'm asking you. I want to ask you to. Uh, what yeah. are you doing? Anything? Are you trying anything in order to 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 break the fear? Like, what are you personally working on to do it? I just are try you to trying? kick it out of my head, however I can. Like I've tried meditation that did not really work. What about somehow. what about what about sort of kicking it out and burying it and suppressing it and just get get out of there, facing it, trying to understand it and the deducing from that and seeing where it's coming from and then face it. I feel like it all comes down to the I, I, I think it's always the root. It's like we could listen, we could take an Advil. Like I have a headache, I could take an Advil, but the headache might come back. The Advil is mm-hmm. just temporary. But if we face it and not kick it and not suppress it and really go inward and figure it out, I think that's a good step. Take it with a grain of salt. What the hell do I know? But I'm just saying, you know, break the shell a little bit. Maybe open up. Maybe not to me or someone else, but like try it. Yeah. Maybe like not. The- or don't try it at all. Just slap me on the mic right now. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't you know. know how- you seem that you're an amazing mom. You're doing great in real estate. You have a lot to look up. You went through a fucking ton of shit <laughs> and you're still here. So you, you just, for your, you just, Remember, fear is something that doesn't exist. You're cre- you're creating it, right? Are, are you? I I guess so because it's so weird. Because the fear comes to like people that are around me, but not not so for me. Like I like I love car and like the speed and stuff like that. And like in my selfish way, I will be like, if I'm dying a car drifting or like drag racing, I'll be happy. <laughs> but like, do I want to do that to my mom or my daughter? No. So that kind of have like like over consciousness type of thing that gives me that anxiety. Mm, okay. So that's kind of just what it is. It's like the being over conscious and not being like so selfish, but also like what can happen to my kid? Like what if I'm doing, what if I'm cooking and there's this on, like it slips, like it's always like yeah, yeah, you're yeah, on the run constantly, you know, yeah. like, oh, what if over yeah, I don't conscious, have a kid. I don't like, have a kid, so I can't, I can't imagine that. I don't have a kid. so stressful. I can imagine that. In that way, because we've experienced it before, it just gets more stressful because we know how in an instant things can flip. And it's just what's crazy. And you just kind of repeated exactly what your friend's mom said at the funeral. Yeah. What did she say to you? That's crazy. She said, "Uh, watch out. It happens fast. Yep. You're right. You're right there. You caught it even before I did. (laughs) That's some crazy shit. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that's it, but I'm just, you know, we have we have certain things implanted in our brain that come from an external source and doesn't come from us. Exactly. So we gotta be careful what what the outside we let stick with us within. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like some of the things we worry about, some a lot of things I worry about and think about, weren't even my original idea. They were, I listened to something else outside of it, and somehow it's stuck. And some yeah. of the things we hear, we heard so long ago, we don't even realize it stuck with us. Until certain moments hit us through meditation or whatever the hell we're doing or out of the blue. And when you have someone pinpointing it just right here, like at that right exact moment. I, I, don't, know if I, like crazy. I, I don't know if I did, but I'm almost saying there's a very big similarity in what you did, yeah. what she's told you a long time ago. Exactly. So It, it does. And I, until you said it, I didn't realize it. It's maybe a mother instinct type of thing. I don't know. It's, I think this is where we look right into the camera and do something <laughs> extravagant. I don't know. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I don't know. That was a hell of a, that's a hell of a story. And you just got, just trust yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy because like in all your episodes, you said like everybody said that we experienced death differently and whatever. And in one of your episodes, one of the girls was saying like how the person kept coming into their dreams and that we have to let them go on the mm. other side like they take a hard time to pass on the other side or like to go on the other side mm-hmm. and it happened with the first death too like 
constantly you will be every night there in my dreams and I went to uh I ended up meeting someone that told me to go see that um medium mm-hmm. or like how do you call it yeah like, medium medium and uh oh my god that was like I regret it oh geez I do really regret it's like it like a bad mushroom trip right there and she's legit why do you regret it so good Um, knowing too much is not always the best thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I've hesitated to do that. Even though I did it when I was younger with my family, but I don't, I don't know. Did you? Did line. you ever go? I was so young. I, I don't. I only remember so much. It wasn't too, too. It wasn't a lot for me because I was too young. I don't remember a lot. And do you, did you ever think like you wanted to go back to like do it again? Yeah, and, like, you know, I thought someone? about it because I think about it all the time. Like sometimes I go to sleep and I'm like. When I'm sitting like even today, like I was just kind of meditating a little bit. I'm just like begging. Maybe I'm trying too hard. I think there's a there's a conflict between willpower and what we're trying to attain. I think the law of least resistance and less effort tends to make things happen. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always asking for my dad to come through somehow. Like I want to, I just want to dream about him. I want, I want to come through. I want to. I get but, that. That's uh, just natural, you know. You miss someone, you miss someone, but. That's why I'm like, I don't know if I want to take the next step for a medium. I always, I've said it for a while. Like I've said, yes, I'll do it, but I just haven't put the effort in to go hire one i just i don't know i feel it's kind of like it's kind of good experience to have just to have it just to acknowledge it just to see like how far beyond some people can see yeah I'm, and like make you reach out to the person you really want to talk to and it's awesome from an interest from like just being interested in the whole idea of it yeah. is my is is interesting to me more than just like I don't know. Like you said, there may, I don't know if it, it could be. It could go either way. But why? Why are you saying it was bad? Uh, because eventually, uh, a medium can see further, and like oh, as good as they can see your past, as as much as they can see your past, and try to connect with you with like the people that kind of want to reach out to you, or you want to reach out to them, and it's awesome. They can also tell you more about the future and that was where i should have cut it off yeah i don't want to hear if i don't i don't know if i want i don't really want to hear future shit yeah you have to be like if you want to go see a medium you have to be really like forward because it can get really tempting to know more and it's crazy because they can come up with things that are not completely accurate Hmm. for for the most part uh she was able to communicate with my dad and him and uh they said that everything was fine and you know, it was just, it was kind of brief, but. Nothing too specific? Kind of, kind of put that back too in a black box. Is there something specific else. that you're not telling me? It's okay that you don't want to. So not at that point, at that medium, it was a great session. It was very legit. It was someone that does not advertise her work. She just does it out of her home. Got me there, just connects and that was cool. Uh, this other girl that I met, she was she does some medium work in like rehab centers. She's here in California, and um, she's like, "Well, you have a headache. Let me heal it for you." And she's like, "Well, I'm asking people up there that watches out on you to help me heal your headache." And I'm like, "Oh, how interesting!" And then she's like, "Talk about an Advil, Jesus!" So I'm asking her like, "But who helped you?" And she's like, "Hold on, let me connect." And I'm like, "This is so weird." Like. <laughs> Let me connect after this dude. Oh, yeah, the first one comes through helps you. I'm like, where are you looking at? Verify who this person like, is. So weird. Um, and so I'm like, I'm asking her, and I'm like, yeah. So who who helped you? And she's like, uh, so we're here in California speaking English, and she's like, Sherry, Sherry, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so freaky. This is crazy. So this is how my dad calls me. When I was uh, little, he calls me Sherry, which means darling. And I'm like, she had it in French. That's pretty specific. So she literally said it in French, Sherry, Sherry. So that's like literally how my dad would call me. That was crazy. And I didn't ask anything further. I was just like, oh, uh, Jesus. I was all spooked out. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think a lot of people have different opinions on that. But that's uh, that's pretty specific to kind of. Too really, specific yeah. to be like, this is not someone that I've hanged out before with that deal about my dad's story like when did you go to this when was this like probably four years ago okay so, so is it before your kid yeah 
Okay. So weird. It was just so random. And it was here in the States. So, I mean, how would she know my dad was calling me, like, this French name that was super specific, yeah. you know? So, it was just weird things along the way of, like, the healing process and, <laughs> like, people yeah. reaching out to you. I, 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 don't, I don't know. The healing process is a, a fickle SOB. So, start with you. Yeah. Start with yourself. Exactly. How are you in that, in that process? I don't know. <laughs> uh... You said so, you're so, like, so, so I'm good. I'm good, I think, but there's still things I'm still trying to tweak. But I'm, I'm trying to go within me. I'm trying to figure out deeper within me. I, I don't, I don't want to like go outward too much. I'm trying to. I think. I think. I believe all the answers are in me, one way or another. So uh, I think going within somehow is challenging. It takes discipline. It takes pa patience that I sometimes find I don't have. Uh, so I, I think it's always a work. I'm, I'm 18 years down the road now, so it's different. But you know, I think we all have the answers. We just got to discipline how we think about it. So yeah, it's, we, we gotta, we gotta watch, we gotta listen and watch the thoughts that go in between our ears and, uh, pay attention to how we feel. I think that goes a long way. I think we over, I think we overanalyze it too much. Yeah. I think we all know deep down. I think we all know. We just gotta listen. Do you think about him often? Of course. Yeah. I mean, behind my head, I got a photo of him. So <laughs> he's always looking one way or another. Um, but no, I always think about him even, I'm never going to stop thinking about him. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I feel like I never do. Yeah, well, it's, it's so crazy. And you, gotta, you, you said you got a big black box, so maybe you need to unravel that box and see what comes out, or maybe not. Maybe you're good. You seem good. You tell me you're good. So I'm good, and I feel like I'm happy without that box being out all open. Good. Then that's it. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like the dark ages are gone for me. It's, amazing. it's, <laughs> it's great. It's the, isn't that great news? The bright one coming out. You know. There you go. So earlier you said you're looking for peace. So here we are. No. Yeah. Definitely, Good, definitely looking for for a more peaceful future than the past. It will be. Yeah. It shall be. Well, listen, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. That was, a, that was an amazing story. I appreciate you opening up. Thank honestly, you so uh, much. I know it's not easy to just let things flow as you did. Um, and I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I uh, hope you guys kind of it was not too much hopefully i don't know it no, was just pretty, uh, it was, it was great story I, know, I know people are gonna like this one so thank you so much for being on okay. here and we have another episode and uh okay sarah, sarah. thanks thank guys you so much bye <laughs> bye